0: Good afternoon, family and friends of Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Thank you for joining me on my program called Rise. I'm Renette Myberg. and this is the program where we give you hope, wisdom, and guidance and knowledge when real life happens to the family. And we often discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the, in the family life, and but we speak it within, within the truth and in love. And today I have a fabulous guest in my studio with me today, and uh, she has been on my program before, and she's just got a wealth of knowledge. And she's a life coach, and uh, Shirley Leflere, and she uh, supports those that are struggling with addiction within the family. But today we're going to talk about a specific. Addiction, and we're going to talk about eating disorders and especially focusing on anorexia. It seems to be the most common and the most prevalent amongst our youth. And uh, Shirley, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Renate. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be back in the studio and it's a pleasure, yes, to address the community out there because I do believe that this is something that people don't often talk about and it is often stigmatised. So, yes, Um, it does also want to add, you are quite right, you know, I work with addiction but this certainly also falls in the field and my background is also that I have actually worked in a eating disorder clinic which was very specialized and then the um, you know there's been co-addictions but yeah thank you very much for having me
0: Great. So we're going to mm-hmm. just take a break and we're going to listen to Amazing Track right now. And we'll be back with you with further information on anorexia nervosa. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. And we are so blessed to have Shirley LaFleur, a life coach, um, in the studio with me today. And we are going to be dealing with anorexia nervosa and it is a subject that is very painful in many cases and doesn't often know how it presents itself so surely you know i just want you to give us a little bit of a background of how did you land up um getting involved with uh you know the eating disorders and uh you know you said by chance but i'd like you just to share that with us
1: uh, thank you, Renate. Yes, it was really just by chance. It was not planned. In fact, I do remember having a thought that this is one area that I do not want to work in, even addiction for that matter, you know. So I've often just worked in um, in a neuroclinic with general anxiety and depression, um, and yes, it, it, it was not something that I even thought about. Um, fortunately for me, I can say now fortunately, a colleague and very good friend of mine, you know, directed me to this clinic when there was a vacancy available. And I thought, yes, but I'm not looking for a job. I'm quite happy mm-hmm. where I am, you know. And she, she was actually very insistent and she said, I think you should go. And so I went and I think what attracted me most was the area because I often said to myself that, oh, Um, I'd love to work in a place where there's just lots of trees and, you know, the scenery and the mountain Mm. where I'm able to see that. And uh, it was just perfect, you know. Mm. That attracted me and I found myself at this specific clinic. And I must say, you know, during my time there, I actually realized that it was very much directed by the hand of God, you know, yes. I'm Christian, I'm born again, I do believe nothing is by chance. And when I landed up in that clinic, I discovered actually why I was placed there, you know. Mm. It is very intensive, very painful um, to work with people with eating disorders and and really witnessing the suffering that, um, you know, this, uh, the, those with people with eating disorders go through. But I realized that, yes, we do have to, they do have to go through a process of treatment in recovery, but I was urged and, you know, just led to also intercede for them in prayer. Mm. And I must say that that has, um, I have, many testimonies about having really just interceded when it seemed like other th- – you know, I'm not – I am not um do not want to um, – <clears throat> I don't want to discard any importance of the other therapy, you know, but this is a very important thing as well, you know, this spiritual aspect of it, because often in addiction even we say that um, those that are addicted have uh, have just – the addiction has become their higher power. And it's the same with eating disorders as well. So just that importance of being redirected to spirituality, you know, um, is very, very important in the recovery process as well, together with all other therapies that is so, so important. I mean, I can just say that um, just the physical aspect. You know, of course, you know they need to start eating so that the uh, physical health can improve. But really, um, this spiritual aspect for me, I realized that it was. It was kind of a ministry <laughs> that yes, I was entering that you're into. That you into. Okay,
0: into. and you know, just just listening to your the fact that you're saying that the power in prayer, and that mm-hmm. is where our resource comes from. Mm-hmm. Hey? Yeah, when we do the counselling and when we go do the life coaching, mm-hmm. and that is where people, I think, are lacking the most mm-hmm. is their... The spiritual world is running empty, yeah. and uh, so just give me sort of a scenario of age groups. What were you? What were you faced in? You know, I've never, I have not, I don't know anything about a clinic. You know, if possibly mm-hmm. people, you know, a lot of people think it's like, as you said, stigmatized mm-hmm. to go to a clinic. I just want you to give us what a clinic would present you know what is it the fact that you know what takes you to have to get into the clinic you know how do we uh, navigate that that process um okay so uh, i think it's uh, with
1: anorexia we talking specifically about yes, anorexia, we're talking today. anorexia today <laughs> it's yes. a very difficult one you know um so that is very difficult and most of the time When um, those anorexic sufferers enter treatment, it's because the families was very, very scared and fearful for their lives that they are not going to make it because the mortality rate for people with anorexia is actually very
0: high. What are the statistics for that?
1: Mm, the last time I checked it was like 20 percent you that know' is high and that is very very high um, I know that you know we um, have contacts in the UK and worked with people in the UK as well and I think one of the things that they were most concerned about is that they would not actually be very very higher than that very much higher than that and that um, you know it, it's not it's not calculated properly because sufferers may die from people may die from heart failure or kidney failure or any other physical thing you know yes but it's not it's not tied down to the anorexia or the eating disorder it's not related it's not connected with it you know so they miss actually that and um I think that is that's why uh, that's that is the
0: statistics aren't actually the truth,
1: yeah, it's not really the truth, yeah, and people are really fearful that it might be even higher than that as well
0: yeah. yes and and age group. what is age. uh what is I know even old people mm. you know they' they're pining, they just stop mm. eating, so what is what you know age group do you did you mm. deal with?
1: Well, we were compelled to only deal with 18 years and over. Um, And I can really not say specifically whether it was mostly teens or, you know, in what age group, maybe 25 to 35. But I must say across the board, really, you know, maybe I think today presently it's become more and more um, evident in our youth with all the pressures that they are going through. But, I mean, you know, we've had clients from 18 years um, to 70, Mm. you know, battling with anorexia still, you know. Mm. Um, Mm. So it really is very difficult
0: Um, illness. It is a very difficult I'm actually a survivor of anorexia myself. That is Mm -hmm. why I'm asking the questions. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the answers, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I spent 42 years battling it Mm -hmm. and I'm clearly delivered of it now, but (laughs) (laughs) praise the Lord. Yeah, just spiritually and physically as Mm -hmm. well. Praise the Lord. Um, But again, it also came to, you know, the control thing. So what is, how does it present itself? Um, What is the Common reasons for anorexia to to come, you know, how does it happen? Why does it happen?
1: There are many causes for anorexia, Renate, ranging from trauma, ranging from genetics. um, You know, um, social pressures is also part of it. Um, But I do think you mentioned the word control, and often we have found that with eating disorder sufferers, and especially anorexia, is such a powerful thing that hey, mm-hmm. they, it's, we could almost say that, you know, where life has become unmanageable, they feel that they have a sense of that they've lost control, so the eating disorder, the food becomes the one thing. That they can control in their lives, and they do it so powerfully, you know, mm-hmm. um, to their own detriment. Um, but that's really what happens with with people with anorexia. That's a control thing, you know. It's a mm-hmm. wanting to um, feel safe. Also, you know, um, they feel very safe with their rituals that they develop. Um, It's a place of safety. So when those things are absent for whatever reason in their lives, Mm -hmm. you know, the eating disorder become that thing that they really cling to and which they think provides them with that safety, with that security um, and with that control that they so much need.
0: At that point in their lives mm-hmm. And you know just if you can think back On some cases you know obviously we're yeah. not going to mention Names yeah. Um, just you know Some cases of what is That maybe the common things that Really um, seem to Be you know is it relationships Is it you know Something specific like molestation um, You know These different things that trigger these uh, These uh, States of, of Activity um, you know, is it media? What is it that we needing to be very aware of if we've got children starting to show signs of um especially in the youth. It starts in the youth, you know, the young people starting to, you know, get teased or what is what is it that really is the the answer to um I won't say we need, need the answer, but what does it present itself like? Mm.
1: I think there's various factors that's involved, you know, but if you just take the social aspect, you know, um, our youth are so pressurised to perform these days, you know, Um, and so it's that need to be perfect, the need to achieve, you know, which is like, you know, almost unattainable, you know, nobody's perfect. And um, so just that pressure and the competition amongst our youth also, you know, um that certainly I think plays a role, and of course not everybody that um that finds themselves in scenarios where they are pressurized um or expect to have or with these unrealistic expectations on them or they have that need for perfection, desire for perfection, not all of them develop eating disorders, you know, so there's also a certain kind of criteria almost um that all that come together, you know, like genetics the, that also play play a role. Um, but certainly, I do find that that is a big thing amongst our youth, and also, you know, um, in our day and age, there's so much so much emphasis on appearance. You know, mm. you have to have the perfect look. Um, I can also just say my daughter has been a gymnast. You know, and uh, I must say, I had
0: antennas.
1: So there's all these uh, pressures, you know, mm. on on our youth today. Um, with ballerinas, with gymnasts, you know, they have to be light so that they can perform. So um, unknowingly, very unknowingly, it, these creeps, are, up it creeps up on them, you know. And then also, I think, um, within families where there may be some dysfunction and rules about no talk, no, fi- no talk about what's going on, no feeling, no, you know. Um, and so also the eating disorder also becomes a way of, especially with anorexics, the food begins to talk for them. You know, they talk with their food.
0: Mm. (laughs) They talk
1: with their food. Mm. Um, And that is also, I think, in my experience, what we have often found, you know, um, that given the space in a clinic, in a recovery space, where they can just begin to open up and share about whatever has impacted them in their life also becomes quite an important factor in their recovery and maintaining Mm -hmm. their recovery.
0: Wonderful. So we're going to continue after the break. Um, just on, on the topic of, you know, how do it, you know, when it comes into the counseling session, you know, how do you unpack and how do you get to the process of healing and what is it that it looks like? So we're going to quickly take a break and continue the conversation. Thank you, Shirley. That was mm-hmm. a, a good amount of information for us. Thank you again for joining us this afternoon. And it's been a great pleasure to have Shirley Lafleur in. The uh, studio with me this afternoon, and we are talking about anorexia. Nervosa, and she's a life coach, and uh, she's actually currently dealing and supporting children and families that are stuck in these forms of addiction. But we're going to concentrate on anorexia this afternoon. So tell me, uh, Shirley, you know, we often don't see the signs, we live in denial. And again, you mentioned earlier on about the sports, a lot of kids put pressure on and then they go into their teen and their bodies start changing and then they're thin and some of them are overweight so just give us you know where does it actually start becoming an issue and what does it look like and we as parents that we need to listen and 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 learn from what's happening in our children's lives
1: I think for parents it might be very important um, just, you know, like I said, creeps up on you, but there are certain signs to look out for, you know, and one of them is increased focus on body and appearance, you know, and um, lots of body talk, obsession with weight, being, you know, or feeling light even or weight loss or focusing on diet, you know, and often we would, I I think, I've had it... um, I've often heard uh, clients say, I'm I'm just on a diet, I just needed to lose one or two, you know, it was festive season, so uh, over 18, so now I'm just needing to. So they find all of these excuses. But for parents really to take note when it becomes a pattern, when that excuses of why there's so much focus on body and weight loss, you know, becomes a pattern. And then also refusal to eat certain foods, you know, becoming vegetarian. And I know mm. not wanting to eat processed foods. And I know there's a lot of um, uh, talk going around about eating healthily and all of that. But we all know, you know, as a parent, you do know when it's become an obsession, you know, and they, when there is a complete cut out of certain foods, like carbs, you know, just refusing to eat carbs and cutting it out completely. I think that is really a warning signal for any mother for that matter, you know, because we are the ones that feed. And then also finding excuses, you know, with um, with us all you know teens alike um, when they go out when they socialize there's always food involved so it's going out for pizza or burgers or whatever and then just finding excuses not Mm. to engage you know and then that becoming a pattern and then that slow um, slowly withdrawing and isolating and withdrawing from the friend circle you know um, spending more time in the room Um, And then, of course, you know, uh, physically you can see it, sleeping a lot, you know, Um, the physical tiredness, dehydration, things that you can actually just, you know, together with the extreme weight loss, because the weight loss cannot be um cannot be ignored you know often uh, i think um, people with anorexia are very clever (laughs) they Mm. then overdress (laughs) they then overdress you know wear very big clothes to hide um so those are maybe just small signs that uh, parents can be just alert to if it happens too often and then also i think exercise is a big thing you know and again, you know,
0: are we'll, getting addicted. Yeah, well. getting
1: addicted, and then um, I've often also experienced with with our clients. You know, they may have had severe injuries, mm. but they still exercise. Yes. <laughs> you know, <Yes>. um, <clears throat> and then I think one other aspect, of, for parents to really be alert to is that you know that deep sense of worthlessness. That presents with people in with eating disorders and especially anorexia, you know. Um. Oh, it's so extreme. That self-loathing is so, so, so extreme, you know, and very harsh with themselves, very critical of themselves. And again, it presents even with a with a high achievement and the perfectionism, you know, just all interrelate with each other and good is never good enough. So they continually find themselves in a no-win situation. And con- it's like a cycle, you know, of having this um, desire for perfection, high achievement, not making it, feeling uh, so critical about themselves, harsh, criticising themselves harshly, you know, it just becomes a vicious cycle of self-loathing. Um <clears throat> And that is also something really to, you know, to begin to notice when your child tells you, no, um, no, that's not for me, I, you know, um, I will I will never be able to do that or I can't, you know, it's for parents really to notice that as well, coupled, of course, together with other symptoms, you know, but notice that self-talk, notice how they are putting themselves down all the time and to really um Help them in changing that, you know, because that's also so much part of when it comes to when we're talking about recovery, that's so much part of it, you know. It's not just mm-hmm. about feeding them and getting them physically healthy, it's also beginning to change their feeling and their how they feel about themselves, you know, and their thinking, the beliefs that go with it. Because with anorexia, the thinking and the thinking is so distorted, you know. Thinking about themselves as a person, um, thinking about um, their body image—you know, everything is distorted. The thinking is so distorted. So there really needs to be a renewal of the mind as well. Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what mm -hmm. is it that you know? When you were coaching, what would you, how would you navigate them on, on this healing process? I guess
1: there's many different approaches to that um, I focused mostly or not talking about the we said about the physical health that needs to be restored so the body needs the food the brain needs the food to start functioning you know but I think very specifically for me it was the um, this the focusing on the the self esteem the self worth you know um, and it's really cognitive working with the cognitions you know the beliefs the um, irrational beliefs about them not just about the food but also and this is what I'm doing in the coaching as well you know zooming in on the irrational beliefs around food and eating and exercise and all of that but it's also very much about the person because they really feel that they don't have any worth and so it's reinstilling that that you know you don't have to do anything to be worthy you know you are yes. worthy to yes. begin with so there's lots of work um, with my coaching around self-esteem mm. um, and
0: um, there's clearly not a quick fix there's clearly not, not a quick fix. fix. so definitely the journey not. the journey from the beginning of ex- mm. acknowledging mm-hmm. the problem you know what is your more or less your turnaround expectation because you know obviously we when they' in in a program then we start making other expectations of them which also mm-hmm. puts them under pressure so what is it that you know um but maybe we can talk about that in the next section of you know how do we come alongside um as public and as community because often we'll say oh you're so thin like my dad used to call me spring and and then you get the compliments oh you have lost so much weight and then oh. you stick to it and you know there's a lot of things that we need to be very careful of that um, are we supposed to be honest? Are we supposed to speak out about it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a secret, uh, you know. So maybe we can just in the next section, I think we can just possibly look at uh, just, you know, how do we come around and support somebody that is suffering from this uh, this terrible disease.
1: Absolutely. But I do want to maybe just conclude also. Please to, do that. To, to add to what I was saying, you yes. know, about working with self-esteem. But I think what is also alongside that is... um People with eating disorders also, like I said, they they talk with their feelings, you know. So there's lots of uh, focus also on learning skills, training, learning how to regulate your emotions, you know, and dealing with conflict and how to express yourself and um, really just empowering themselves, you know, um, which is an important
0: part of. So maybe you can just give us that, that, you know, formula, just those few Mm. pointers of Mm. how you can... Um, what we can do with the children that are, or, or the person, not necessarily just children and youth, yeah. of how, to, how does that look. Um, so we're going to quickly take a break and mm-hmm. then we're going to follow up with those important guidelines mm-hmm. of how to navigate um, th- uh, the, through this and support uh, those that are suffering from anorexia. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Shirley. We'll chat sooner, straight after this. Good afternoon, family and friends, and just thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, and I hope you've stayed tuned in. We've had Shirley Lafleur, a life coach, and she has worked closely within a clinic as a a support system for those that have suffered from anorexia nervosa, and it obviously... You know, it stems across many ages. Uh, there's no age limit to it, but we do find that it's it sort of manifests in the youth a lot more than in other areas of our uh, adulthood. In that, so just give us, you know, you were sharing us a few guidelines of how do we navigate and how do we, as you know, pe- people that know and family that know and see that there is a problem and not put more pressure on. The child to eat and all that stuff how do we know what are the guidelines that we can walk the road with somebody that with anorexia
1: I think the first thing that comes to mind for me you know yes. Don't fight. Yes. <laughs> Don't, Don't fight force. with it. Don't <laughs> force. Don't fight with it, you know, because it's a power struggle. Yes. <laughs> you know, people with anorexia is very stubborn. <laughs>
0: mm, they've already got control.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm. So you're going to lose that one, <laughs> you yeah. know. So it's not to fight over food. Um, <clears throat> and as hard as it may be, you know, just be there as support. Often... I would say, we would say in treatment, we'd say, you know, it's not about the food, it's about the feelings. Yes. So whatever is going on, rituals, food behavior that's dysfunctional, whatever's going on, it's never about that. It's about coming on board, being supportive, asking or saying, I notice you're not feeling that great or what seems to be the problem or... I'm here if you're needing to talk, but to be in that space where you can really not focus so much on how the ED presents in terms of the behaviours, but coming from a point of where you are um, supporting, you know, that's very yes. important for so the patterns, families. So the
0: patterns sometimes stay longer mm. than the process. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. and what's, then what's, also just the guidelines mm, on you know the yeah. urgency of it.
1: I think also um, often within families, you know, um, there's so much focus on appearance, and for for family also to understand that that's really a no, 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 no. You know, it's the same with addiction, you know. You're not going to allow someone else in the family or somebody else even from outside to come and use in your house or go to places, you know. That needs to really, you need to abstain from that, you know. Um, and the same with People with anorexia, don't talk about body image, don't talk about appearance. If you're needing to give a compliment, let it be about what the person has done, behavior, you know. Mm. Uh, You're kind, you're helpful, Um, what you did was really helpful. Mm. But to try and abstain from the appearance thing because that's really a big thing for him in fact they don't hear you say that oh you're looking good what they hear is you look fat <laughs> yes <that's laughs> you know that so that's the so distorted true. thinking mm-hmm. that goes with um, anorexic sufferers you know and mm-hmm. which again like i said you know there's to be need to be a renewal of the mind as well so the cognitive therapy is very important there um, and then <clears throat> Also, for families to, as far as possible, not to be influenced by all the negative ED behavior, especially when it comes to meal times, you know, um, you know, often there's so much focus on the sufferer. You know, all the yes. tension goes there, all mm-hmm. the focus goes there. So meal times, which is supposed to be family times, just become so chaotic, you know, and so... It's for families to maintain that normality within the family, where it comes to food and eating, and the, 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 you know, it's, it's part of what we do. But also with sensitivity, you know, because you're not going to, if you know that the person is suffering with anorexia, and there is such a big fear, because that's what it is, a big fear of food. You know, you're not going to um, behave in very inappropriate way. That uh, be not sensitive. You're going to be sensitive around it. You know, you're not going to come with your burger if you know that this is what the person is struggling with, you know, although we want you to normalize. So there's a process. It's not a quick fix. It's a long thing. But eventually we do want to get them there where there is no exclusion of anything, but it's in moderation, Mm. Mm. (laughs) you know. And then I do want to say to families is to seek professional help. You know, Mm, um, that's really important to see Nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud, yes. Mm. Often families feel so helpless because, especially with anorexia, I think, you know, it makes you feel so helpless because it becomes a power struggle in the house. And and there's so much shame and stigma attached to it as well. But Mm. really, you know, for families out there to... Be able to reach out for professional help is very important. But I do want to add also, we had come to the to the family. You know, we say this with addiction as well. When the when the addicted person goes into recovery, the family also needs to go into recovery because it's so much, um, so much for the family also. You know, <clears throat> to deal with and again. Um, One of the things that I truly believe and have experienced that it's all about the feelings, you know, and often those are there some dysfunctions in the family and that needs to be talked about and confronted. And so the family forms a very important part of the Mm. uh, person who's suffering uh, recovery and process as well.
0: Yeah, And there's signs of re- relapses mm. And fear on the family side as well yeah, yeah. And you know that is what I I, I gauged from mm. My experience, my own mm. personal experience Is mm. that sometimes you fall into It again, mm. I fall into it over As I said for, to, mm. for 42 years And yeah. you know get get a little Bit better, fall back mm. into it when a tra- tra- Something traumatic happens to me mm. And then off I go into it again And you know obviously when the family starts Seeing this and they mm. start being fearful and th- That you're going to mm. die and All those kind of talk around you again, again, puts a lot of pressure pressure. on you. So we just as family, I just want to encourage you. Um, Shirley got she can share her details with you now. If there's anybody that out there now or you know of somebody or in time to come that can possibly need the help, but go and be encouraged. Go and get the help as a family and be inclusive. Everybody needs to be part of it uh, for the healing process because often we can, you know, so many unkind things happen within the home. Somebody withdraws and then, the guilt comes in, and the remorse, so we just want to encourage you, so just give us you know what how can you possibly help those that are listening to the programme that could possibly get some help? All that they need. I mean, you obviously online as well. You can do WhatsApp calls and all that as well, which is which is lovely. So it's, this, this is not an issue.
1: Yeah, I think Annette, we do have. To, I do have to say that you know, with anorexia, this mild, moderate, and severe cases, as with any other eating disorder as well. You know, so I would say first of all, if it's really um, severe, treatment, inpatient treatment is very important. Yes, okay? of course. I think at the at the moment, what I'm doing. <clears throat> With my coaching is mostly I have clients, I have a few that has not been in treatment, but that it's mild you know and yes. mild to so, moderate. You do the so I can do the assessment, I can do the just the working with body image, working with uh, restructuring of the thinking, beliefs et cetera et cetera, and you know, and just provide that safe space where they can actually also begin to confront and talk about the feeling things you know yes. <clears throat> um. But for other families um, where there is severe cases treatment is, you know, and then I would, um, like I said, I have clients still, um, which um, has been in treatment. But now the journey starts yes. after treatment, you after know, that treatment. support, you know, yes. um, whether knife. it's meal support, whether it's support with um, just planning and purpose of what now, you know? Yes, and, and you it's coach very, the families and, as well. Absolutely, yeah, mm. both families and the sufferer as well. Um, but it's really, I really want to say it's not a quick fix. It's really mm. not a quick fix. It's a long-term thing and yes. you said it, relapse is part of it, you know. It's like walking mm. down the street and seeing that hole and falling down in it and seeing it and falling in again yes. until you finally find your way. And mm. so it does Does take a lot of patience. It takes a lot of empathy and compassion from families, from those around the sufferer. But even from, for, for, you know, we're talking about anorexia and just how hard they are on themselves, even for themselves. It takes yes. a lot of patience, empathy mm. for themselves, self-compassion. Mm. And finding you know? themselves in the process. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So family and friends, I just want to... Thank you so much, Shirley. That mm-hmm. was great information. Mm-hmm. And just give us your phone number if you can give us some mm-hmm. sort of light, you know, and maybe do an assessment for somebody if they need help. Mm-hmm. So just give us your details, mm-hmm. please.
1: So by, uh, my, mo- num- my mobile number is 071-025-0669. And my email is shirleyliflea zero nine at gmail.com. Spell your surname, mm. please. Alpha <laughs> little E for egg, E <laughs> <laughs> for flower, Alpha little E for egg, U for under, or for La
0: Le Fleur. lovely, and yeah, it's quite uh, quite an interesting name. But mm. also, if you want to. You know, share with us uh, any information or connect with us. Our WhatsApp number is 081-729-1657. Our telegram number is the same, 081-729-1657. Our SMS number is 37988. And we have a live Facebook page. Go to our Facebook page. We have so much happening there. And we also have a counselling department, Um, 9177 and take the option one And we can maybe see how we can direct you And help you And uh, see if we can pray for you as well And I would like to just encourage you Just to interact with us Let us know how you um, Get to know our, our guests And if you want to know anything more About our guests Please contact us And we'll be able to help you But look after yourselves everyone Be safe, stick to the rules And we will see you next week God bless you